Welcome back to the podcast. Back for 20. Uh, should we call this episode 11 or 12? Uh, <laughs> let's call it 12. Episode 10 is just never going to get released. Or maybe it will. The secret episode. Yeah. Maybe it's for patrons only. No, 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 no. We haven't <laughs> even announced the Patreon service. Yeah, I know. That's, that's how secretive it is. Uh, okay. Today we're going to be kind of doing because uh, it's on our minds we're going to be traveling to u.s nationals uh in a couple of days oh, when this goes out we'll already have i think either landed or we'll be flying to charlotte so we're going to talk classic constructed um i think we've talked enough about draft uh and honestly i don't really know if we've learned anything new about yep. draft or we don't really have too much there is there is one topic that uh, I want to talk about draft-wise for people who are heading into U.S. Nationals. Um, and it's like a more, I guess, like general kind of topic, but I think does have a lot of importance for Uprising Draft. Uh, and that's signaling. But first, let's talk about the uh, CC results, because I know a lot of people have been kind of practicing cc and that's on the minds for a lot of the people who are kind of in the competitive flesh and blood space right now yeah um so we haven't really talked about cc in this podcast for a while so we're actually going to start a battle hardened columbus mm -hmm. uh which at this point happened three weeks ago uh that was won by an ultim the top eight uh had uh ultim times two yeah two ultims two dromice sorry three ultims Two Dromice, two Icelanders, and a Dash. Yep. Finals ended up being Ultim versus Dash, with Ultim winning. Uh, notably, there were already five Ice uh, heroes in this top eight, and two Dromice. Everyone saw this as kind of like, oh, Control is back, Ice is back. Um, like You could argue that none of the decks in that top eight were kind of aggressive, so no no Briar, no Fire, no Vizrai in yeah. the top eight. Uh, Dash was only the, the only deck in that top eight that, like... Uh, reliably can kind of do go again, I guess. Dromai kind of the same, but like, you know, not with attack actions typically. Mm -hmm. um, that was an interesting top eight. I want to say that even like the bottom half of the like top 16 was also like, there was only like two Rune Blades, I think, in that top 16 um, and like one Fi. So like, it was very, very like... It was, a chilly, kinda, it was a chilly day in Ohio. Yeah, just like slow games. a lot like Because like Dromai games typically often will go slow against all these heroes. Just like very, very kind of grindy, slow, inch by inch games. And then immediately after that, week one of the uh, national season, we had four Ultim wins. Two Briar, one Dromai, one Reinar. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Reinar is just like a really like... Like it's, I, I think it's awesome that Renner got a win, mm -hmm. uh, one of the finals, just because it's like so many of these like nationals that actually were kind of like Ultim and like Bravo, like Guardian Festivals. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. And like the way Reiner's deck is built, you're just kind of being able to intimidate, push through, just like randomly have like an 18 attack that like also had like a quad intimidate. Um, yeah, although I think. Um, it is interesting to note that a lot of the Oldham builds that have been seeing su more success recently have been a little bit less defensively focused. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. So, like, uh, Oldham traditionally has not, um, like, if you just look at stats, 
like if you go to february.net shout out to them yep. and go to stats there's like a number right there's like the average block value yeah and that 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 number is like okay actually let me go to a deck and just click what that number looks like thanks for all uh, that should be like around like 2. it's like 2.7 2.7 okay yeah, I think it can be as low as like two point like four. Uh, yeah, two point like six ish. Yeah. But the, the point is, the number is below three, and like, like for example, like a Thuringia deck is like two point nine like five. Like there are no like some decks have greater than three because like every single card blocks three, and they play like, you know, Dreacts. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's because of Staunches. Maybe this number is. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, um, but like. Like Ultim's like average hand is not actually is like usually blocking like you know like a little less than eleven, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like you know a combination of ice react the flexibility of earth react, um, also having shield, um, does make Ultim able to block a little bit better. But like Ultim has never really been like the deck that you want if you're just trying to like block twelve every turn. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, during with kind of states, I guess you're you're also able to effectively like kind of block with like a five card hand i think during chain meta it, it depends so i think i think there's two situations where old him is like pretty good at blocking oh yeah split damage <clears throat> arcane damage uh i was gonna say it's when the when the aggressive deck has like a pretty finite clock on the number of turns that they need to kind of close the game out so like chain pretty much has to close the game out within like 10 turns, I would say, or they're just going to run out of yeah. deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you don't get into like the situation where as all, as all the players just like run out of three blocks. And I would yeah. say like the other situation that Oldham is like pretty good at blocking is when the other deck doesn't have a, um, doesn't have like a winning end game so that means that let's say like if you're playing into i don't know like dorinthia right dorinthia's weapon kind of like attacks for three so if you're playing against a dorinthia and she's just like attacking you for three like you could like rampart crown of seeds earth react like block out all the damage and then not spend any cards so there's like two kind of things that you need to like like, yeah. like, 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 yeah. like, like, those two areas, I think, are where Oldham is actually good at blocking and split damage. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and Oldham is really good at blocking. Kind of and, like, Arcane Barrier One. Yeah, yeah. yeah Viserai, sorry, Viserai is actually like the the kind of prototypical. Viserai just like does not have like end game, yeah, an end yeah. game plan. Like, the best they can do, like, when he's out of like cards to throw, is make a rune chant attack for two. Yeah, yeah. Which is like per almost perfectly blocked. Yeah, yeah exactly. I kind of sees blue in a rampart. Um, okay, so yeah, week one, four ultimate wins, two briar wins. Let's just talk about uh, big picture. It's like what's one, and then like we'll talk a little bit, a little nitty gritty. I think the deepest we'll go is basically the finals for most of the nationals, and then uh, just for like the big events, so like Australia, France, and UK. Um, we'll talk a little bit about top eight. Mm -hmm. and then uh and then we'll just kind of talk about like our overall thoughts on all this like data because this is a lot of data and i think that's a really cool part about nationals is um uh and i think lss has been doing a good job with both updating deck lists updating who's winning what 
and just like the top eight breakdowns and just like everything like it's really nice to have this data i don't think that it like helps solve the meta like super quickly or anything like like i don't think there's downside to this basically but anyways uh week two we have what four five six seven eight nine nationals um and the spread is a little bit more diverse so three ultim wins mm-hmm. and then a single win by dash dorinthia viserai Icelander, bravo and Phi. Yep. so yeah like that's like what six different seven what's what am i six seven different heroes the two largest events were uk and uh canada oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. uk won by Phi, canada won by oldham yeah yeah um yeah so overall that means for the national season in case you haven't been keeping track that's seven wins by oldham uh three wins by briar is that even true that might be a false statement because yeah sorry seven wins by briar i just missed saying that briar won a uh in week two um and then a single win by like a long laundry list of heroes that you've heard already briar didn't didn't win seven times no three wins by briar did i say seven yeah okay sorry seven wins by ultim three by briar and then a single win by Dromai, Reinar, Dash, Dorinthia, Viserai, Icelander, Bravo, and Phi. So I guess to kind of visualize that, that's like at this point, basically every hero outside of the Rangers, Kano. Um, there's two others. Bolton. Bolton. Yeah, no Bolton, no uh, Katsu uh yeah yeah no both no katsus so almost everyone has got a slice of the pie except for those heroes yeah um great so that's kind of like the overall oh and another fun interesting number is heroes that have made the finals is actually kind of looks similar to the heroes that have won a national so that's the heroes that have just lost in the finals six times that's been an ultim two times it's been viserai Two times Dash, two times Bravo, and two times Dorinthia. And then a single ton time, it's been Reinar, Icelander, Dromai, or Phi. So basically, very similar to the heroes that have won nationals, except Briar has never made the finals and lost. Always made the finals and won. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Some numbers. I think it's, I think if you're just looking at, these numbers and you kind of hold most of the nationals to all be kind of like of equal weight which i will tell you that i I don't think that but if you did i think you can reasonably say that you know one ultimate is relatively favored uh or has just like just like overall a very strong pick just from the numbers um yeah the ultimate win rate is actually like pretty close to i think what starvo was during pro quest season yeah a little bit less dominant I mean, yeah. what, was, what was Starva's win percentage in the ProQuest season? Uh, it was, yeah, it was like 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 40%, yeah. I think. Um, I think also from this, these the, the, the numbers, like, Briar has been performing pretty well as well. Um, and then, like, basically all these other heroes, like, can get there, um, but less reliably. Mm-hmm. That's that's if you just look at the numbers, we're not caring about actually playing these games, watching these games, and and thinking about from a theory perspective of these matchups. <laughs> um. Now to like talk about some of our thoughts. So I think one of the things that 
is really interesting for me is all the times that Briar has won in a top eight situation, it was never against an Ultim. I don't know. To me, that was just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, like, oh, shoot, I, I lied. Old Briar has lost in the finals once, and that was against Ultim. That was actually our friend's... Uh... <laughs> yes, the Croatian boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, Ultim ends up, like, the, the matchups that Ultim ends up going against when I was looking at the top eight, besides the mirror, of course, I feel like all these matchups are, like, kind of like like i don't know which matchups honestly like ultim is like really unfavored in maybe like dromai but most of the matchups just felt like like i would have expected ultim to have probably won that type of deal you know mm-hmm. uh i will say that the ultim versus reiner in canada like uh tarik's game was like big surprise to me like i did not expect that to be what it looked like there was like a turn where the reiner held a blood rush bellow yeah in their hand and then just passed and i was like i think you just like you can't win i think yeah i think he said said that he was just feeling like that was like one of the cards that he needed and he was like probably like not making the best decisions after like being kind of fatigued from playing a long tournament yeah 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 um okay so obviously ultim is extremely strong um I think that if you go to national events, you need to have a plan for Ultim. Um, I also think that if you are not playing Ultim and you have a, you need to have a good plan against Ultim, but that plan also needs to be kind of like flexible depending on what hero you are, because another dynamic we've noticed during the national season is that Ultim lists have started kind of like diverging. Um, it started with, so, Ryan, Rich, who won Battleharden Top 8, uh, the Battle, sorry, Battleharden Columbus with Ultim. Like, his version, I'm starting to dub, like, a little bit more higher elemental count. Yeah. So it's playing, like, Yellow Autumn's Touch. It was playing Yellow Earth Thor Surge. I believe it's had, like, 11 Earth cards. And then the Ice count was actually pretty high as well. I think it was 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. So that's not including Pulse. So, like, the numbers were, like, 17 and, like, 12 or something like that. Uh, almost half the deck that's like 29 cards or I guess 27 cards because you're counting pulse twice Um, but yeah if you're presenting 60 and like almost half your deck is elemental uh, the chances of fusing an oak and old on the first cycle are like a lot higher yep Um, and so that's definitely like the style of ultim that I think to me that's like I consider that almost like more traditional ultim but the list that Tarek won in Canada it's playing less elemental cards and a lot like he's playing every single possible six cost blue yeah um and also macho grande every single possible eight power blue yeah i mean it just looks um, like a bravo deck like bravo showstopper deck yeah it's getting closer and closer to these bravo to, to bravo showstopper but you know still retaining some ice uh a sprinkling of earth yeah and uh you know still has the open old package so I think that if you're kind of like, you know, planning on, you know, having a plan against Ultim, you do need to know that there are these two styles out there. Um, like, I think the Oak and Old, sorry, the, the Elemental style, like, they're going to likely try to Oak and Old you on the first cycle. And you can really punish that if you have like a, 
if you have the ability to play D-Reacts, even like a, like a Sync Below in your arsenal, just kind of, you know, they took an extra bit of damage to do this Oak and Old that's a little bit card inefficient if they're not using Pulse. And you just give him like maybe a two block from your hand uh, on armor and then a three block from hand. That's nine. Like it's it's not easy. It's not hard to get to nine. It's a lot less oppressive than eleven go again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the like the more Tarik style, Bravo style decks. Like I don't think like it's just not reliably going to be able to fuse an Oakenold on the first cycle. Yeah, I think I they're just like... trying to push like more efficient turns overall. Playing the um. The Gorgon Tark. attacks as well, Zealous yeah. and Rouse, yeah. Yeah, Tark is also playing six copies of, like, the six for tens. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you just, like, always, like, two cards plus that is always going to give you ten. Yeah, and then you block of a card. So you're, you're hitting that magical 13 uh, life swing per turn. Because that is a problem of Ultim, actually. Like, That's it's very good. hard to, like, use the four cards in your hand to do better than, like, 12 life point swing. Right. Yeah. So um totally makes sense on why they why those cards are in the deck. Um but yeah, all I'm trying to say is if you have an olden plan, you do need to know that there are two styles and there are two kind of different ways to attack these decks. Like I think uh Tarx list notably wasn't playing Chokeslam. Yep. Um he also wasn't playing Ice Shield, which I think is pretty useful, like against like every single deck that's trying to just like aggressive um so like there are some compromises or considerations made there and like a good way to attack a, a style deck like that is just to have like almost no d-racks just like every like have more consistency in your deck be a lot more aggressive yeah it's pretty interesting that i had a conversation with d rude after he made top eight and then i asked yeah. him how his matchup against Tarek went yeah and he said that Tarek's, I think Tarek and Isaac worked on the deck together and maybe, uh, or, or they had like similar game plans. Yeah. And so I guess against like the version of Phi that, uh, d was playing, he said that he found it hard to get over the top of just like, um, blocking with Rampart plus ice reacting, uh, with Crown of Seeds every turn. Yeah. So I was just kind of like blocking, blocking out all the threats. Which I find kind of interesting. Uh, I guess I, I think that Slagmite should usually be better. Yeah, but you definitely get to Chronosies more often. I guess it is. Do you know what what uh, which masks? So D Root, of course, was on Fi in the top eight yeah. of the Canadian Nationals. Um, do you know what mask he was on? Momentum uh, or Lynx? I I'm not sure. I would assume that he would be on Lynx against Oldham. Okay, because uh. The one thing about, even though like Crown Rampart is a little inefficient because you're converting one card to block two because you rarely have a use for that third resource, assuming you pitch the blue. Yeah. Um, it does like let you block four twice or like just kind of like block one twice. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, helps yeah, you like yeah. Yeah, you can block definitely... with like random, normally would be like uh, break points, but aren't. Yeah, I also, um, I guess, wanted to. Uh, as like a counterpoint to that talk about the uk finals so uk finals is also oldham versus phi yep, yep. and phi ended up winning and the phi build that the uk national championship winner was on was he was playing kadachis 
uh, as yeah. well. Dirud was also playing Kadachis, but I think he said that he also had Ember Blade. Yeah, I think list. he presented Ember Blade against uh, Guardian uh, Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, but um, so you, if you're playing like uh, Kadachis, uh, the Olden player in UK Nats, I'm not sure I didn't look at his list, uh, but he submitted um, Crown of Providence, I think, and Stalagmite. And yeah. when you have that set up against Kodachis, it's just like, honestly, unless you're, you have like a higher earth count to like earth react, it can be like very annoying to try to like block all of the random like one damage pokes. Yeah, I think that's so funny because like, it's almost like uh, Kranasi's Rampart would have been a little bit better against Kodachis, but I do think that like Stalagmite Crown of Providence, on the other hand, might be a little bit better against Enderblade, so... <laughs> It's kind of funny that that ended up happening. Yeah, Although, yeah. Arik still ended up, you know, I know that we know that he beat uh, Dirud in that yeah. matchup. Yeah, your nemesis, so. Tark, is now a two-time national champion. <laughs> yeah, there were so many fun memes on Twitter after that. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, congratulations, Tark, if you're listening to this. And I guess for everyone who's listening. He doesn't need to listen to us talk about it. He already won his <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not nemesis. Just fellow competitor okay okay um so yeah so so like i think you know i at this point I, i'm not 100 sold on what i want to play for nationals but i do know that like like olden is definitely a hero that i've been you know playing games with and i think that like one of the best ways honestly and this is just like i think good like uh advice for playing any matchups in Fashion blood one of the best ways to beat to be like good at beating a deck is just you play that deck. Like, I, I found that when I switched over to playing Prism after playing against Prism for like so long, I like learned a little bit more about how to beat Prism. I guess is the full full train of thought. So like, um, like regardless of I bring Ultim to Nationals or not, I've been playing Ultim just to have a good feel of how like how the deck works. What are like little things. That kind of like take advantage of it. Um, for example, the other day I was playing against uh, a Fi and they dropped an energy potion after mm -hmm. one of the I ice reacted them. They just played an energy potion after that. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, you were like, wanted to have like a card. Yeah. <laughs> My hand was like a sink below and like two other blues. And I already had an arsenal. And I, and I just like couldn't. I just like. <laughs> I like attack you with my hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wasn't prepared for that so um yeah just uh being able to play that hero definitely like it just lets, lets you know like for like uh like just something that i learned is just you know like ultim's random three card hands can be potentially awful or potentially just like not efficient like sometimes i'm three card aiding mm -hmm. right just like attacking of a cranial and that has like i don't feel great doing that unless you're at like two Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, it's Ultim. I think the only other two heroes I want to talk about quickly and then I'll pass it back to you. I know we are going a little bit longer. Uh, I want to talk about Briar. I think Briar uh all the lists that I've looked at in these like nationals have not been on the belittle build. Um I think the belittle build is just a little bit like I think one of the best decks you want to face when you're on the belittle build is Prism. And so without Prism in the meta, like it's kinda like it kind of makes sense to me that they're a little bit more on the um, more traditional four cost build. The belittle build is, I think, in general, a little bit better in the aggro 
matchups. Yeah. Your yeah, because your total yeah. your total damage output is higher than like a traditional briar build. Yeah. Uh, the downside is that your basically like your power turns is like limited to the fact that that you have three red minnowisms in your deck. Sure. So sure. once you're out of the red minnowisms, your damage output kind of falls off rather significantly. Yeah. In addition to not really having as good um like channel mount heroic turns because you kind of need like creepers to get go again a lot of times sure yeah 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 i think it's just like if there's more disruption there's like a lot more ice heroes like the little build is you know potentially a little bit weirder against ice like react it's not as bad but like against like i don't know spinal or like a winter's bite is just a little janky. It falls apart when you're on a three card hand, basically. Yeah, it, it's it, it's honestly, uh, I think choke slam, spinal are all like kind of good, um, good cards to play against them. Just like in general, it's it, it, yeah, it does it is like rather flimsy on like two card, three three card hands. Three cards, three cards are actually still like fine. You just need like one card to play belittle and like something to reveal to it. But I think like the main thing is that when if you have a focus on trying to like minimize the damage that you're taking uh, on those like belittle turns, once the uh, once the briar player is out of minnowisms, it's rather hard to put together like strong turns after that. Yeah, so my thoughts on Briar are kind of actually similar to before the Pro Tour. Um, and I can't remember if it was you that asked me or we maybe we even talked about it on the podcast. But the thought was like, are there any heroes that just like have like a almost like a 50-50 to everybody? Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like it was Briar at the time. And I kind of still feel that way. Um, it's just like the, the way that Briar is built, like it's very easy to get zero for four to like just make a card zero for four yeah she has like some natural ability to get some like extra go agains and then she has like a high ceiling yeah. on uh channel Mount heroic and her floor is not that bad because of these like zero for fours like if you just block a bunch of times and you just like coming up with zero for four like, even if there's a scarf no go again like it's like decent and of course she has a good amount of armor she has like arcane damage like she she's not bad on turn zero if you'd like quote unquote lose a dice roll so like i feel like it's a very versatile hero that like i don't think you can really go wrong with and also rewards you for like kind of playing well particularly arsenaling while you know like figuring out a creative way to get that lightning surge in the arsenal like i think there are like it rewards experience and you can definitely take advantage of players who are not maybe not like playing against you optimally so yeah, i think bar does have in general like probably the most amount of tools that you can build or that you can fit into your deck. I think the hard part about playing Briar is just kind of figuring out, uh, like, should I be playing, like, defense reactions? If so, like, which defense reactions should I be playing? Like, which non-attack actions extra yeah. should I be playing? I think Agreed. finding, like, the right mix is kind of, like, yeah. where the Briar players. Yeah, and even now, like, poppers are still a thing, right? Even, like, how many poppers you want to play. I think that's these are all like really important yeah i think for briar, briar kind, of, kind of his poppers are a little bit more important than 
uh, I think for Visarai or for Phi because um, it's in general like a little bit harder to profitably uh, oh, yeah. kill dragons. Kill dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malvern Skies is so good. You just go Malvern Skies. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I guess the last hero I like will want to talk about is uh, actually Dash. So um, I think I, I, I can't help but just enjoy looking at the dash list that made top eight at canada um oh yeah those who don't know this is the list that basically is it's like turtle dash to like the max playing a lot of d-reacts playing oasis it's playing sigil solace it's playing healing bomb two of it's also playing um what's the other it's a sun kiss two of and it does this this deck is never playing techno pounder it's never boosting it's playing blue sift like yeah. there's one goal, it's to get the items out and just like have a weapon that's even better than Anathos. Do you know who Dash yeah. lost to in quarters? Oh no no! Oh, I thought you knew this. So uh, unfortunately, there was a deck registration error. Ah. Uh, and so there, it was a match loss, not a DQ. I don't like, know if that makes sense. Uh, what was the Dash supposed to play against? Was supposed to play against an Icelander. Okay. Oh, that's a unfortunate situation. I did yeah, not know so that. that. Mike Walker. Um, I heard from other members of the community, like he's like upstanding, like they don't think he cheated. Yeah, he's just like, but if, yeah, but I think the penalty at that point was like a match loss because I think it was like basically the non mech cards, I think, yeah. might have been different sleeves. And it could have just been like, you know, like he has like a normal dash deck and then he like put in all these other cards, uh, where he like the sleeves. You, you know, know, like, you know, I sometimes worry because when you had your old store and we were playing with these like random black sleeves. Yeah. They, yeah. they would be uh, similar enough that when you grab them, you don't like notice. And then you're playing like, wait yeah, a second. Yeah. <laughs> these are all different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I remember what you're talking about. So I wish we could have seen that deck in action because that deck brings me joy. And I think it doesn't bring a lot of people joy, but I just thought it was just so funny. Right. Like his, his take on the metal was like, these decks are so slow and they're, Yep. Trying to do all these like, weird things. I just want to assemble like my bazooka. I think Dash, to me right now, occupies a position kind of similar to Prism from the last meta. Where yeah. Dash is actually quite strong against the best, some of the better, like better or best performing decks. Yeah. Uh, but is rather weak to certain matchups. I think in particular, Briar, Dash mm -hmm. is has like the hardest time trying to uh outvalue the briar player especially if you're on like a pistol build just like the the amount of time that you need the game to last in order yeah, for yeah. you to like put down enough uh items to make the game uh in your favor is uh, i think a little bit too long yeah 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 but uh, honestly i if you're running the, the full Theory act package, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the solution. Yeah, that's why I wish we could have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so I don't know if we've talked about CC enough, so please kind of give us some feedback. It's kind of hard to talk too in depth because there's just like information overload. Um, but we just did want to give our thoughts on some of these things. Um I think executive summary, you need to have a plan. You should have a plan for every matchup. But particularly, you should have a plan for Ultimate Briar, 
Yep. And in my opinion, you should also have a plan for Icelander and Dromai because those two heroes just operate on like a different axis. Um, they're just different. Like it's not a pure, like it's not yeah, all yeah, about yeah. damage. Yeah, at that you point. need to you need to kind of decide. This is my plan. I'm sticking to it. If you go into it like doing like one thing, and then you're like, oh wait, maybe I should like change, switch it up. I think you're gonna fall behind immensely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you like, especially Dromai, right? Like if you're attacking dragons at first, and then you're like, oh, I need to go attack face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's like it might be too late. Yeah, that's a big. I think you and, just need and, to decide. Yeah, which side yeah. are you on? Are you on the? Yeah. Attack yeah. I mean, there could be like a pivot turn as well, but like you just like you need to have won a couple games to know what it took to win. Um, and I think that the smaller the nationals you you're going to, the more like actually no, this is something I'm just saying that you you said this, but I wrote it down in the notes. So the smaller the tournament you're going to, the more likely if you have like kind of like a more a niche deck, a deck that's not ultim, for example. Um, but you're like really comfortable. You've had a lot of reps with it. Um, the more likely you'll be able to kind of avoid the bad matchups, especially if your bad matchup is ultim. Um, and the more likely you'll be able to kind of just like do well, make at least you know, claw your way into the top eight, which you know is my goal. Like I, I never want to like winning is a lot harder, but kind of sneaking into the top eight is always my goal. So if you're uh, you're playing in Australia now, so you always just have to dodge four oldums. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The, Aust the Australian Nats was great. I, I, we we didn't talk about the top eights for any of these. I, I ended up not even talking about the finals too much. But first top eight I've ever seen that had five wizards in it, yeah. four Icelanders and a Kano. That's that's just kind of crazy. Uh, that's where Flesh and Blood was born, I, or I guess the neighboring country to where Flesh and Blood was born. Yeah, so you're gonna surprise. You're gonna offend some Kiwis. Yeah, yeah. I, I took it back. I, I just mean it's very close to New Zealand. Okay. Anyways. The next big topic for today's podcast is something that, uh, Yanji, I know you have been kind of a big proponent about, so I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, this is just, uh, I think mostly is going to, for the people who you're like listening to this, <laughs> you're, we're going to do the draft tomorrow and you're trying to like do some last minute prep. Um, I think signaling and draft is something that people oftentimes kind of get uh get confused or they just like don't understand it and i think the prevalent thought is that a lot of people don't really know how to read signals but i think the, i think the problem is honestly like twofold is that people also don't really know how to like send good signals either yeah uh in addition to reading signals so we spend a lot of time talking about um the pack breakdown. So it is true that like you need to have like a basic understanding of what the pack breakdown is in order to kind of uh to to read signals at all. Otherwise like the other person might not not really know like what's going on. But I think that the reason why I wanted to talk about this is just because a lot of times I hear stories like, oh like people getting up like frustrated it's like, oh, I passed this guy, all these like good Icelander cards. How come he didn't go into Icelander or this or that? And mm -hmm. to just kind of like go into like what exactly is like the other person kind of looking at. So I think a part of it is a little bit of like human psychology as well. It's like uh, people are going to do what they want to do until they can't really do it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think... For example, if you're sitting next to somebody and he like opens up like a dragon, he's like, oh, I'm going to go into Dromai. Yeah. And 
it doesn't matter. Like you pass him, you can pass him like a blue sand cover. He's like, oh shoot, there's a draw my card. I'm like, take it, right? Yeah. Uh, you might be like, oh, like why'd you gonna draw my? I didn't pass you any good draw my cards. Like, well, the problem is that you passed him draw my cards, and he like the person who you're passing to is just like clearly like really wants to go go in the draw my. So you have to like, <clears throat> there's packs that you open that send good signals, and there's packs that you open that don't send good signals, and that's kind of what I wanted to like focus on. And so if, let's say like in the same scenario, I, I opened a dragon, I want to I wanna go in the draw mine. And then it's like my pack one, pick four, there's no draw my cards. My pack one, pick five, there's no draw my cards again. Like even if I'm like really stuck, like I have to be like very stubborn to like still want to like go into draw mine at this point. Because basically I'm like kind of out of options, right? Yeah. I just like can't. I can't like go into Dromai anymore. And so unless like you're really cutting it like that, and then if that person like still goes in Dromai, it's probably just gonna be like a train wreck draft for the Dromais. But it's just like that's like something that you have to be cognizant of. And honestly, like that's uh, a big reason why I really don't like if I'm playing one of the heroes like Dromai or Icelander that you ideally want to be like uh in a more open seat for those heroes then like Fi you can be like a little bit more contested and still have a good deck I personally like really do not like picking equipments for those heroes early on because I, I think it sends like really bad signals to uh like downstream of you I think we should have we should clarify what you mean by that because um you don't like doing that because you would rather take a common in those heroes, right? Yeah, yeah. like I want to just like take cards yeah. and, and they can like, they can look at the equipment, but yeah, it should be clear if I'm like taking commons, they're like, oh, well, like yeah. just, just cause like this person like pick this. And even, and even if, um, even if the, the, the person takes the equipment, uh, and, and I don't get it back. Like, I don't have to get the equipment back. The pack is going to be missing, uh, like a draw my card and there's not, not going to be an equipment. So then like downstream of that person, it's going to look like drama is like super closed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I, I just want to clarify for our listeners because like, yeah. it's not that they, like we rated Silicon form as literally like maybe the best arms, I think, mm -hmm. uh, in our, in our talk about Dromai. And so what Yanji is saying here is in that situation where there's two draw my cards and a silken form, and it's like, you know, this has to be really early, like pack one, pick two, pack yeah, one, yeah. pick three. Yeah, I think, I think um, as early as, I actually think I would not pick an equipment if there was like a, like a pretty good playable common as late as pack one, like pick seven or eight. Sure, sure. So yeah, you uh, like basically the, 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 the gist is like, you want to make it to the guy you're passing to, the guy on your left, or the or girl, the, the person, yeah. um, looks at the pack and goes, oh my god, great, there's a silken form, let's go and draw my, and then goes like, wait, it's missing a draw my common. Mm -hmm. Like, like you, that is a very clear signal. If you take the silken form and you pass the two draw my commons, that is clear. Yeah, In or, fact, there is no signal most of the time. Yeah, but or or it'll be like, there's like, there's like one like pretty good like draw my, let's say like there's like a red dust up and a silken form yeah, left yeah, in the right. pack. I'll take the red dust up and just like pass the silken form. Cause the thing is like, even if it 
even if like the person to my left then takes the silken form for like whatever reason they're like essentially not going to get like any draw my cards after that point and everybody yeah. to the left of that person who took the silken form should just see like packs with apps with like no draw my cards like it's more than just like a one person like kind of thing like it's you have to kind of like think about like how uh each pick and like how the remaining pack looks like for like everybody down the line if that makes sense yeah yeah no it makes sense to me i just wanted to make sure yeah yeah um, and then the other thing that i think um people that i see that people kind of get wrong a lot of the times is when you get like a really good signal kind of late in the pack so like let's say it's uh your pick like six or pick seven right and you get past the pack and there's like a red aether ice vein and a blue whatever like a blue aether hail in that pack right and and basically this pack is like screaming it's like there are there's either like only one other icelander or like no icelanders at the table like you should be pivoting right and then you're, you're like, oh, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to keep like drafting five. I'm going to pass these cards because the person to my left is going to like read the signal and, and they should just like move out of five, right? The problem is that like the, the window to pivot in flesh and blood drafts is, especially I think these are the players that are coming over from magic draft and magic draft, you can like pivot in pack two. Sometimes like, I have heard stories of people like finally deciding like what colors are gonna play, like early in pack three. Ooh, that's like, me. <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah, that's, well, no, you're deciding what colors you're not playing. <laughs> in pack. <laughs> uh, and it's just like the the actual like you have to you have to think about it this way. Each pack of flesh and blood has thirteen playable cards for your deck, and then one equipment, uh, at least for uprising, right? So you have access to, uh, and then you have 42 total picks. Like if, if you are passing to somebody and then they get like a signal, like pack one pick like seven or eight, like they might not have like picked cards that let them stay open enough to like pivot at this point. If they pick like five, five cards and like two draconic cards, and then they see a pack or they, and they see that pack with like the double Icelander, like you should pick me cards they can't switch like it's it's just like really hard for them to switch at that point yeah it, like they might already be on the bobble track yeah 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 exactly like like they like you can't you you can only be flexible for like so long and so when you're trying to kind of like signal other people into like drafting a certain hero it has to be like early enough in the draft for them to like want to do it like there's a balancing act for the other person to consider like am i gonna end up with a better deck if i switch now versus not switching now i have to say that one of the most enjoyable things for me is when i get a pack one pick two and it's missing a common and i can tell which common it was like it's missing a class specific it's missing a five common it's missing a dromai common or it could be missing an iceland or like there's three dromai cards in the pack yeah that's one of the best times for me because i want i don't want to be in the same thing as a person passing to me right like yeah, yeah. i don't want to be uh, the phi when you're phi i want to be anything else but phi and yeah. by you telling me that it's like an enjoyable experience for me and i feel like it's going to be enjoyable for you in pack two 
And like, and although Jem has not been doing this consistently, if you're sitting next to me, we should not play each other until the finals. I think it's only at mixed for, in mixed format tournaments that it gets kind of weird because you're. It also like prioritizes not pairing people up who've played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In an ideal world, I should not be playing you until the finals. And at that point, I made the finals. And uh, honestly, I haven't said this. I don't know if in, in any of the podcast episodes, but I'm at the point right now with Uprising because there's these decent amount of variants and you can sometimes just lose in the draft. Well, not lose, but you just draft. The, you end up drafting a pile Yeah. where I'm so happy to wanting mm-hmm. Uprising draft. Like, even if I have, like, and the funny thing is I often am 3-0-ing with decks I think are like 1-2s. And I'm almost always 2-1-ing with decks that I feel like are 3-0s. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, usually I think if you're drafting like decks that are 1-2s, it, it also could be like indicative that the table as a whole is also not, not like fully cooperating. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I end up like, you know, I end up being the Icelander without a Spellfire Cloak, but I face like three heroes with the Arcane Barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like a, like a funny, funny situation. So um, I think... I, yeah, I, I just wanted to make that anecdote because like we're talking about signaling and signaling is a two person game, right? Like it's it's you as a sender and there's another person that's a receiver. And and what you said is really important. Like you have to actually make it enticing enough. Yeah, to go into this. Exactly. Like to it has to be a, their perspective. Yeah. So I, I and I think that actually you said that pack one pick seven is is like when you would take an equipment. I think pack one pick five is the latest for me where I would be making that decision. Um, like on pick seven, mm-hmm. I feel like you should have already received the signal. And ideally by then you've already sent signals. So like if you're taking the silicon form pack one pick seven and there's two drama comments left, ideally pack one pick five or six or four or three were missing drama comments. You know what I mean? Uh, for this is a little bit uh, maybe like deeper. But I think for me at that point, it's like an opportunity cost calculation. Okay, sure, 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 sure. If if it's that late and there's a cell conform there and there's also like two, I'm like I think I'm one of two dromais, so mm-hmm. I'll give him the cell conform. Sure, 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 I sure, take sure. Like what I think is like a higher quality card, and then ideally I'm gonna get like a cell conform or like calling sleeves or something later on. Because, yeah, because the other drama is going to take the... Yeah, because they're yeah. going to be quality cards. I'm just telling you, like, kind of how I feel. And, I, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just letting you know, like, yeah, pack the, one, pick five is, is, to me, it's kind of like the... That's the pack that I always take longer in yeah. our, like, in-house drafts. And you're always like, Michael, you have to pick a card. And I'm like, this is the last card I have to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think... For the rest of the draft. Yeah, for people who are listening, also, like, the, my view on equipments is this is, like, only for heroes that you want to go in, like, relatively uncontested. When yeah. you are drafting Phi, I think it is very important that you pick equipments early. And actually, usually when I receive packs that I have equipments missing, I just assume that that player is Phi for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because... It's like the cards that people value as like being very premium, like Heatwave, Sasha Sandy Kai, maybe even Tide Flippers people now think is like a little bit higher quality. It's just like these are cards that kind of like most of Fi's commons are relatively similar in power level. It's a one for four, it's a zero for three. You either Phoenix Flame them or you don't Phoenix Flame them. Either way, the damage is the same. It's just like 
uh you don't get a lot of opportunity costs like you don't get a lot of marginal benefit from like picking quote unquote like high higher quality commons but you do get a lot of marginal benefit from having sasha sandikai versus not yeah 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 uh yeah yeah and this is just all like like these are just like making as many educated guesses as possible um when you're when you're receiving signals and the better you are at i sometimes just call it like almost brute forcing it um like i've taken like in a pack one pick seven um i took a yellow skittering sands over a blue sand cover Mm -hmm. when there was a blue critical strike in the pack yeah and I was just like, this card's like, I ended up never even putting that yellow skittering sands in any of my decks. Sure. But I was just like, I just want you to know that it is like, you can be in a hero, but if it's drama, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, and I think like after drafting at least Uprising a bunch, one of the biggest things that makes me happy um, is when the person I'm passing to feels like so happy they're like so <laughs> smug they look at me and go like i knew that you were on drama am i right and i'm just like i just want them to feel that satisfaction i want them to feel like a genius like i i knew that he i i could tell i'm so smart yes yes like the, like the more confident they are the more i know i have succeeded <laughs> do, do you know what i mean oh, they're just really smug and completely incorrect <laughs> <laughs> no no i i like i've had this happen at arby's like like lately i just like i just like i you know i make it very clear what i am yeah, yeah and then you know after the draft they're like they're like, trying to like impress me yeah you know what i mean like like i knew you were on drama i'm like you got it bingo 100 percent correct yeah, yeah uh the other half of the signals topic that i just wanted to go over uh Maybe this is like a little bit less. Uh, we don't have to go into as much detail. Is how you like kind of receive the signals, and yeah. I think uh, the main point of frustration that I see from people is when they go like, "Oh, how could you be in Droma? You passed me, rake the embers red," or "How could you be Fi? You keep passing me these like red starters." And I think the most important thing that you have to kind of keep in mind is you have to kind of like construct a story for what cards are left and what cards are remaining. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's like you get past the pack. There's two red head jabs in the pack, but the equipment is missing. And you're like, how can you be in five? You're like passing me like these cards. I'm like, well, I take this Asha Sandica. I don't know what you want me to say. It's yeah. just like you have to understand like what are like the signpost cards and yeah. signpost cards have to be like universally accepted that these are like the cards that are really good and you cannot pass them and like be in this hero because the other person to your left is going to like take this and it's like the best card. Like if I am going Icelander and yeah. I let's say like I, if I decide I want to force Icelander at the beginning of the draft, right? Yeah. And I open a pack, and there's like a blue aether ice vein in the pack. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you're like, oh, I don't want to pick this blue aether ice vein. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take whatever, and I'm gonna go I Icelander later. Like you're passing a signpost card for Icelander. It's like, yeah. I, it's like I can't take this red brothers in arms with and and still like want to go into Icelander. You are sabotaging yourself. 
essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because the person is going to see the pack with the Blue Aether Ice Fang. They're like, oh, this is like one of the best cards for Icelander. I, I want to go right, into it. Sure. Um, And so I think the total range for like these cards is actually quite narrow. I think yeah. that like the... I think for me, like the average, like power, common, like a red ember moss centipi, a rake the embers, a, a red head jab, whatever, doesn't like fulfill. It doesn't like pass the bar for like these signpost cards. To me, it's like if you're passing like a Kyloria or like or like a Necria, you're like you're doing it wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? There, there are very few cards that i would say are universally recognized and unfortunately even though even if it is to you universally recognized or you consider it and you you think that like 99 of the people everywhere would do that there's still going to be that one percent that just like don't feel that way yeah, yeah um but i still think that like you know you should be thought considerate of what you have passed yeah and recognize that sometimes when you took that red brothers in arms pack one pick one and you passed the blue aether hail or whatever you kind of doomed yourself from playing that hero and even if it ends up being that that's the hero you played like your pack two is like real crap like like you just gotta mentally accept that these are just like there are consequences to your actions yeah and and then i wanted to just like couple this so um I guess it's not signpost cards, but like when you're receiving the signals, the timing is actually quite important. So let's say like I get past the pack with like a red eighth. So like there's a wizard card missing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's one wizard card missing. There's a red aether hail, which is the other wizard card. And then there's like a blue ice card in the pack. Mm -hmm. And it's like whether or not you should go into Icelander at this point. So mm -hmm. if it's like pack one, pick three, and I get this pack, I do not want to go yeah. into Icelander. And the sure. reason why I don't want to go into Icelander is because even though Red Aether Hail or like a Blue Cold Snap are both like really quality cards for Icelander. Yeah. The person, like one person within two seats from me took a card that they think is even better. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter if it is better or not. They could have taken like, I don't know, like a yellow ice bolt. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to be like directly next to you and funneling and you at best have one pack uh that you get first dibs on and all the yeah. other and and all the other packs you're gonna get second dibs uh in pack three and in pack one you're just gonna get like second dibs on everything yeah and but the story changes like massively if it's like pack one pick five and you get that pack and there's a wizard card missing and a red aether hail and a blue cold snap you're like wait a second like maybe like half half of the table and like one person picked like icelander card maybe i should take it right yeah, then yeah. you're like maybe like cross like the other Icelander, especially if you haven't noticed like wizard cards like being taken that much. If it's like pack one, pick seven, and you're seeing this pack, like you should definitely be going to Icelander because you're actually probably in the best Icelander seat at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. you're you're just gonna like insert yourself like ahead of like the other Icelander who's at the table yeah, I probably. Mean, I think you're one example, although good. It, it could be that that person's actually. The person who's passing to you so it actually depends on what you've seen in the first six pit packs but like yeah like the timing de definitely matters yeah but i i think signaling is a is like a narrative as well like it's not just you cannot read the full signal from one pack 
you're like telling a story to the guy you're right, passing right. to and listening to a story that the guy who's passing to you is trying to tell. And like there are, you know, people do take like a draw my common pack one, pick one, and then a five card pack one, pick two, and then end up in Icelander. Like that is something that potentially can happen. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out because like, you know, pack one, you'll notice that the draw my comments missing. Next pack, there's a draw my, there's a five common missing, but nothing else. And then like, two packs in a row there'll be an ice center card missing yeah. and like by pick six you should kind of get a feel oh shoot although if you do that you have to understand what you're what the guy passing to you is thinking right like if you take a draw my card first pack and then a five card like you're sending you're sending a mixed signal you're not achieving what i'm saying at the end of pack three where the guy you're passing to confidently tries to impress you or tries to just like say i got you you must be on actually actually i find those situations to be like quite nice as the person is like receiving it because uh what's usually going on is the people who are like passing into them are like cutting somewhat like their their original hero pick yeah yeah and so you can actually maybe like go into if you like stayed open enough you yeah. can go into like the original hero that you knew they were like cutting because you know that's going to be like relatively open for like half the table uh yeah it depends like but like i had that very specific scenario where the first pack i had was missing a draw my card yeah. and the next pack had two draw my cards and was missing a five card yeah and the next pack was missing an eye center card and i was like what is going like the generic everything was there basically like i just felt like that person just kind of took one of that's, each that's what i did to joe at the battle hard end i just like hard so i like passed him the goods for drama and i just like hard swapped into drama because it was just like so open yeah yeah, yeah. no that, that person ended up being fi yeah um uh, i think they took like a red rake they took a a red uh rising resentment and then they took a blue aether hail uh-huh and then um the next pack was a. I think it was missing an ice. I ended up being Dromai. The next pack was missing like an ice lander card or something, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be ice lander. They took a fire card, and so it's for me. I thought I was screwed because I took a Dromai card pack one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And me next pack, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. And then I, I think I took a generic that pack. Yeah. yeah. The next pack is missing a. Five. I'm like, what? Uh, it had like a like a yellow doombreaker, and I was like, whatever. We're taking this. Just hope. Yeah. And the next time I was missing an ice center card, I'm like, I'm like, I I don't care anymore. <laughs> and then like two picks down the road, there was a chroma, and I'm like, all right, we're good, we're home free. Yeah, yeah. You, the story you have told me, uh, you have told me enough. Yeah. I can predict the ending. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, it's like a little bit all over the place. Uh, this topic, uh, it's a quite complicated uh, concept to, I think, understand in full. Yeah, so I think like there are a couple of heuristics almost I want to say. Um, signaling, I think, is very important for uprising. Yeah. At the very least, you have to be cognizant of them. I think in general for Flesh and Blood Draft, it is very important because how tight yeah. the picks are yeah. now. Signaling is more effective the earlier you do it. Yes. Um, it's just, that's just how it's just going to like, like, so this is so I have an interesting anecdote about this. I remember telling someone that one of my favorite things is pack one pick one a, a red brothers in arms. Yeah. And I'm not like like sad doing it still. Yeah. But now one of my favorite things is just 
taking a really good common <laughs> that also signals pack one pick one yeah actually my favorite is if the pack opens really well for like one hero i just okay. take the <laughs> best common in like a different hero oh that's i'm just like that's like just, the Icelander you special guys, you guys just have you know there's like two red head jabs an ember moss and a pie i'm taking the i'm taking the yellow aether ice fan just have at it have at it i have two stories about this <laughs> so i have a, one story at highlander yeah. where um dan rakowski is immediately passing to me yeah he passes me a pack it has a sash of sanikai yeah red mounting anger yeah red rake yeah. a red head jab and a red dune breaker mm-hmm. and i look at the pack and i count the numbers and i'm like oh my god like he either took a phi common <laughs> draw my common that was better than red rake and red dune breaker yeah or he took an Icelander common. Yeah. You know, like how much money would I wager that he took an Icelander common here? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was Icelander. And yeah. I was just like, oh my god, this is gonna be a train of draconic. That's like it ended up, a little it ended up not being a train of draconic because Sean was like kind of just I don't know, forcing ice. I don't know. He just yeah, I think it's, he was in a force Icelander. It's 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 like life. a little it's like a little risky. Um I would only do that for heroes that are more like played like so like in this set like i'm okay like passing like a good five pack yeah, having the people fight over the five cards but it's yeah. like so bad if you was like oh i'm gonna take the five card and the rest <laughs> of the pack is like bad for whatever and then everyone's like oh i just want to draft five i'm just gonna yeah, yeah, keep yeah. passing these icelander cards and then somebody gets yeah. really busted icelander deck yeah sure, it's, a little, sure. it's a little risky the other anecdote i have is remember that money draft we did after the Pro Tour? Pro Tour won in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm drafting Ultim and Tales of Aria. Yeah. The pack only has one Ultim playable. There are no Earth cards, by yeah. the way. Uh, there are no Earth cards. The only playable card for Ultim, this is my pack one pick five, is a yellow emerging avalanche, which I promptly cut the heck out of it. The pack has a red lightning surge, a red entwined lightning, a red sigil of suffering. Yep. Uh, I honestly don't remember what else besides those three cards, but that's like, those are three nuts cards. Yeah. And I pass it to Jack, who goes, oh, sigil of suffering is such a good card. I can't pass it. Takes it and co- continues to draft old. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, was I sitting across you that draft? Uh, yeah, we played each other round one. Yeah, dude, I got the red lightning surge. <laughs> oh my god i was like there's no way anyone in their right mind would say ultim and i was like jack what did you take that back he's like oh, i took the sigil of suffering it's a really good card i'm like and then what did you take after that it's like oh then i took the you know the 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 yellow like breakground that you passed me after that and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> you went back to ultim after seeing that pack <laughs> there were no playable cards so basically one of the reasons why i want to end on that or kind of end on that story. I don't know if you have anything else. No, no, anything. Is uh, you can try your best to signal, yeah. and you know what? Sometimes it doesn't go your way. Yeah. But I think it's still good practice to try your best to signal, and I think you're gonna have a lot of situations, particularly in pack one, where I think that if you're drafting uprising, it behooves you to just try to make it more clear to the person you're passing to what you're on, and. A lot of that is just like maybe not like I think my example of taking a yellow skittering over a blue critical strike, which honestly had a much better chance of making my deck. Yeah. 
I, I like saying that example a lot because I really think I ended up 3 0 that that pod, by the way. Yep. Um, I did this during my, uh, this is Pro Tour, what was it, uh, France, wherever, uh, Lille. I, thought that I did that and I just felt like it helped me so much because the person I was passing to actually t- took a, I think they took a Chromai or a Kyloria pack one, pick one. Yeah. And they were on Dromai for like most of that first pack and then they just went off of it. Because yeah. I just like yeah, pushed yeah, yeah. them out basically. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if you like, they took the. I asked them what they took. They took the blue critical strike that pack yep. because that was the first pack where they're like, oh, or that was like the third pack, honestly, where I took a draw my common. Where they're like, oh, dude, I really don't th- like. I don't want to take this blue sand cover. Like blue critical strike straight up was better. Yeah, yeah. Blue sand cover that pack. I kind of like gave them an out, and then like I just kept taking the the draw my commons after that. Yeah. And then they ended up having a five deck, and they 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 went to one. Yeah, I think. No. I, yeah, I think. Uh, just like to talk about your example, I think the the main takeaway I want people to have is that sending signals is less about having a person to the left of you. I think figure out like what what you are on, but more of kind of like goading them into like what you want them to be. So if that means that you want to goad them into getting out of your hero, or you want to goad them like here, like draft this hero and don't draft. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if it's it's not like. It's, it's not a battle of who can be the smartest and try to like tell everyone like, oh, I'm drafting this here. It's like you want yeah, to yeah, influence sure, sure, sure. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to influence yeah. their picks. Yeah, yep, yep. And you actually have a lot more influence than you think, but you just have to be very like smart about it and you got to do it early. Yep, agreed. Like, like pack one, pick 10, where you're like, oh, there's two draw my cards, I'm taking one of them. It's a little bit too late at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you do at that point. They probably have already decided what they're, yeah, they're playing. Lo- locked in. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have not left us a review, please leave us a review on rate this podcast slash a four twenty podcast. Um, I. Uh, should we announce like uh you're taking a break from the podcast yeah yeah and we're gonna have uh i originally read it kind of as a joke but um fino is actually gonna join us at least for the next couple of episodes uh while (laughs) we look for a uh either like a permanent uh co-host or maybe fino will just do it i'll just like convince him yeah 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 so he'll be around yeah. Uh, until we find that person, um, if you're into podcasting or co-hosting and you're kind of interested, maybe just reach out to us. Yeah. You're just, uh, you want to spend more time doing other things, right? Yeah. I'm kind of at that stage in life, yep, yep. but, uh, I, you know, still want to see this podcast going strong. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, until the next one, which hopefully is a recap of one of us. Orfino top hitting or winning US Nationals. Yes, yes, hopefully. Until then, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on the next one.